0: Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla Dee, here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth. Not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good morning, everyone. Today is Sunday, February the 19th of the year 2023. Praise the Lord. He allowed us to see another day. I hope this day finds you and your family well. Hallelujah. I don't know how the weather is where you are living, but I do know we have beautiful weather here in Louisiana. And in any event, even if I felt the weather was bad, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it. And I hope you will rejoice in it with me this day. I am the host Founder and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. I hope this day finds you and your family well. I truly do. Now, I am starting a new series. It, it won't be that long. It may just have uh, two or three episodes. And I will tell you the name of the series after we read these opening scriptures. So I want you to go to 2nd Samuel chapter 11. 2nd Samuel chapter 11. Now while you are trotting on over there, I am reading from the New King James Spirit Field Life Bible. Hallelujah. The New King James Spirit Field life Bible. It doesn't matter which version of the Bible you are reading from while you are following me because in any event, we will end up in the same place. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, while you are looking for 2 Samuel chapter 11, you guys know the routine. You can pause the tape and when you find those scriptures, you can press play. And we will be on the same page. Hallelujah. Now, saints, I will begin reading at verse 1 of 2 Samuel chapter 11. And I will give you the title of this short series after we complete these scriptures. Okay? I am reading verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity. And she returned to her house. Verse five says, and the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Then David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked him, or asked how Joab was doing, and how the people were doing, and how the war prospered. Uriah was a member of David's army. And David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and a gift of food from the king followed him but Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and did not go down to his house. So when they told David saying, Uriah did not go down to his house. David said to Uriah, did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And verse 11 says, and Uriah said to David, the ark And Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents and my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife as you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Uriah wanted to remain with the army and fight for Israel and Judah. Verse 12 says, then David said to Uriah, wait here today also, and tomorrow I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. Verse 14 says, in the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And verse 15 says, and he wrote in the letter saying, set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. Remember, Uriah is Bathsheba's husband. Verse 16 says, so it was while Joab besieged the city that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew there were valiant men, strong men of war. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab and some of the people of the servants of David fell and Uriah the Hittite died also. Verse 18 says, then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war and charged the messenger saying, when you have finished telling the matters of the war to the king, if it happens that the king's wrath rises and he says to you, why did you approach so near to the city when you fought? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Verse 21 says, Who struck Abimelech, the son of JerubbaSheth? was it not a woman who cast a piece of milestone on him from the wall, so that he died in the bash? Why did you go near the wall? Then you shall say, Your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Verse 22 says, So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent by him. And the messenger said to David, surely the men prevailed against us and came out to us in the field. Then we drove them back as far as the entrance of the gate. The archers shot from the wall at your servants and some of the king's servants are dead. And your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Joab, Do not let this thing displease you, for the sword devours one as well as another, meaning there are casualties in wars. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it, so encourage him. Excuse me, saints, it's early in the morning for me on a Sunday morning. Verse 26 says, when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. Verse 27 says, and when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. My God, my God. Now go to second Samuel. Well, you should already be there. We are going into second Samuel. And I am reading. This is when God sent his prophet Nathan to talk to David. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David and he came to him and said to him, there were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. David is the rich one. The poor one is Uriah. Are you with me, saints? The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom. And it was like a daughter to him. Verse four says, and a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the way, the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. David had no clue. Nathan was talking about him. Verse six says, and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Verse seven says, then Nathan said to David, you, the man, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little for you, if that wasn't enough, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with a sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me. And have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Verse 11 says, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. This was a great sin that David, King David, had done against the Lord by lusting for another man's wife. And not only did he sleep with her, committing adultery. He had her husband, Uriah the Hittite, killed so that he can have Bathsheba. But God did not let that child live because of how that child was conceived. Now, the name of this series is, What Shall We Do to Repent After We Sin Against the Lord? Have mercy on us, Jesus. Have mercy on us. There is a way out, saints, for those who are in Christ. Now, I want you to go over to Psalms 51. And for those of you who don't know why David wrote Psalms 51, you are going to find out today. If you heard a bump, that was me hitting the mic as I was adjusting my leg. But David knew that he had had sinned against the Lord after Nathan brought it to his attention. You see, King David may have been a man after God's own heart, but he was human. His flesh sometimes got in his way. He was a humble man, but David did not fight against what Nathan said. When the man of God came to David and said, thus says the Lord, David listened. He didn't argue with him. David said, I have sinned against the Lord. My Lord. Hallelujah. Now, although David had sinned against the Lord, he realized he had done wrong to Bathsheba and definitely her husband, who lost his life because David lusted after his wife. Are you in Psalms 51? Okay. Now I am reading from the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. Psalms 51 is how David repented of his sin. And this is a blueprint for us to follow when we sin against the Lord. Your sin don't have to be as great as David's, but I want you to remember if you belong to God in Christ, this is only for Christian saints. I'm sorry for those of you who are listening that have not accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. This is not for you. God doesn't even hear your prayer. And I'm saying that with a great sense of humility and with Bible truth. But the good news is you can accept Christ today and be forgiven for all of your sins. Psalms 51. Now, David was a psalmist. We know. This is how David repented of his sin against the Lord. Verse 1 says, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Verse 2 says, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned. O Lord. Now David realized what it would, what every believer seeking forgiveness must believe and must understand and must realize that even though we may tragically wrong someone, ultimately our crime is against God and his holy law, which is to love thy neighbor as thyself. If you are born again, Christian, and this is also mentioned in Romans three, four, Psalm 51, four is quoted in Romans three, four. Now. Let me repeat verse three again for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned. And let me say this again. Although David realized that what every believer should know and realize is when we are seeking forgiveness, we must understand that although we have committed a sin against someone else, Ultimately, we committed a sin or a crime against the Lord. We need to understand that, saints, because we as Christians are called to be holy. So when we sin against someone, we are sinning against the Lord. And let me read verse four again. It says, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Verse five says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin, my mother conceived me. Now, David also acknowledged that his sin was not God's fault in any way, shape or form, nor was it some aberration. David acknowledges that it was his fault and his fault alone. He stepped outside of the will of God. God had nothing to do with what David did. But what we are witnessing now is how David is repenting, how he was remorseful, how he was sorrowful. He felt bad. His heart was heavy. Now let me uh, read verse five again and continue. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. My mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth. In the innermost being, and in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Now, what is David saying here? The Old Testament priests use hyssop. It's a leafy plant to sprinkle blood or or water on a person being ceremonially cleansed from defilements such as leprosy or, or, or touching a dead body. Now, here, hyssop is a a figure for David's longing to be spiritually cleansed from his moral defilement. Now, in forgiveness, God washes away sins. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus. Now, the latter part of verse 7, or let me read verse 7 again Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10 says, in me a clean heart, O God. Circle verse 10, saints, in Psalms 51. in me a clean heart, O God. David is not asking God to just forgive him and just turn Uh, uh, his face away from David. David is saying, cleanse me from my sins. O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now, what is David saying in verse 11? This is a, a reference to the special Holy Spirit anointing on theocratic meditators. Yes, theocratic meditators. Verse 12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation because David was feeling low. He had done a horrible thing, saints. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. So God is generous. We need to understand as those who are in Christ, are forgiven for their sins, not just once, but when you continually fall, not practicing falling, but sometimes we may stray because we are in this flesh. Our, our spirit man may have been born again, but not our flesh. So we have to keep our flesh in check, saints. Now, God may be generous and he may be willing and, and eager to uphold the believer. Now this is mention of, of spirit, possibly referring to the Holy spirit and, um, verse 13 says, then I will teach transgressors your ways. David said, now I can teach someone how not to do what I did and that if you were, if you will repent God is a forgiver. And the latter part of verse 13 says, and sinners will be converted to you. David is willing to lead people to the God of Israel. My Lord, my Lord. Verse 14 says, deliver me from blood guiltness. O God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. Verse 15, o Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise for you do not delight in sacrifice. Otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. Verse 17 says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise my goodness. Now, ritual without genuine repentance is useless, saints. Now, however, with the right heart, with the right attitude, sacrifices were acceptable. I want you guys to get this. David is saying, you, are, you don't delight in sacrifice. And I'm back in verse uh, 16. With our sacrifices, uh-uh, we are to offer a sacrifice of praise, we ought to offer a sacrifice of us being broken hearted, letting God know that we take no pleasure in sinning against him. Okay. And the latter part of 17 says, Oh no, as a matter of fact, let me read 17 over the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Verse 18 says by your favor, do good to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Verse 19 says Then you will delight in righteous sacrifices, in burnt, o- burnt offering, in whole burnt offering. Then young bulls will be offered on your altar. My God, my God, saints, we serve a God who is merciful and graceful, no matter what we have done, if we truly belong to him. Now, I may have read that from the Old Testament, but I am here to tell you that if you are a born again believer, you have to remember that David believed on the coming of the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, Jesus, way back then. That's why David was chosen to be king. He is a person of great faith and he believed on the coming of the Messiah. And David may have done wrong. He was not perfect by no means, but he was human. But once he he knew or it was revealed to him that he sinned against the Lord, he was very remorseful and he repented. Yes, he did. He repented and he repented sincerely with a broken heart. Now, saints, I want you to go on over to 1st John chapter 1. Now, I will be reading from the New King James Bible once again, 1st John chapter 1, and I will begin reading at verse 5. You can pause the tape, and when you find 1st John chapter 1, verse 5, you can press play, and we will be on the same page. Okay, saints? This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Verse six says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. It doesn't matter what we have done. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Verse eight says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, saints, he, he who God is faithful, forget about man. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My God, what did I just read? Let me tell you this. We had some false teachers, some Gnostics uh, back in, in the biblical days. This was the apostle John who wrote the gospel according to John, and he wrote John 1, 2, and 3. There were letters he wrote to Christians on how to deal with the false teachers who had entered into their congregation and were telling them things differently. So when John talked about if you say you have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, he was talking about these false teachers who were walking clearly in darkness and claiming to have fellowship with Jesus. Now, to walk in darkness means to live contrary to the moral character of God, to live a sinful lifestyle. And they were living sinful lifestyles. They practiced this. And the Apostle Paul says in Corinthians, I think it's the second letter he wrote to the Corinthians, that those who practice sin don't know God. They don't belong to God not, we're not talking about those who stumble every now and then because we are going to the only perfect flesh to ever walk this earth was Jesus. And we ain't perfect. Our flesh is still the same. We have born again spirits. Now to claim fellowship with God without living a moral life or, or practicing the truth is to live a lie. What, what, what the apostle John is saying, since God cannot, uh, uh, comprise, uh, his holiness to accommodate sin So we need to understand how to identify these false teachers in the church, making you feel good about sinning. Okay, saints, that's what this is about. These false teachers that had entered the church and making them feel good about sinning. Now, Paul said, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, but if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Remember I'm back in the new King James. Now let let, let me talk about if we confess, meaning if we homologio means to say the same thing that God says. Okay. Now, to confess is to agree with God, to admit that we are sinners in need of his mercy, in need of his grace. Now, if a believer confesses his or her specific sins to God, not a priest, he, God, will cleanse all unrighteousness from that individual. Forgiveness and cleansing are guaranteed because God is faithful. He is the faithful one to his promises. Now, those promises are legitimate because God is a just God. Now, God can maintain his perfect character and yet forgive us because of the perfect and righteous sacrifice of Jesus. The key is Jesus, God's own son. We are forgiven if we are in Christ. That's why I said outside of Christ, if you are not under the blood of Jesus, you are not forgiven and you are already condemned. If you read John 3, 16 and 17, make sure you read John 18. John 18 says, but if you don't believe, you are condemned already. Only those in Christ are forgiven for their sins. Now, let me continue. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This is First John, uh, verse eight, verse nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, a person who denies committing sinful acts does not have the word of God changing his or or, or her life. They do not have God in them to convict them. It is the seal of the Holy Spirit that convicts us when we sin. We, we are remorseful. King David was remorseful once he understood that he had sinned against God. He, he understood that God is able to cleanse me. That's why he said, cleanse me, O Lord. This is the proper way to repent saints. I'm just giving you the proper way to repent. Now, the latter part of, of verse 10 says, my little children, now John is speaking to the born again Christians who were being misled and deceived by these false teachers, these Gnostics who had entered their congregation. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, this is why we should not condemn ourselves, saints, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's who our advocate is. He is the substitutionary atonement for our sins. And not just when we first accept him, when we constantly fall, we get back up, we remorseful about it. We brush ourselves off. We, we repent, we confess our sins. And we remember, always remember verse 10 of first John It says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. But my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, now he ain't talking about the non-believers. He's talking to believers. Remember that we're talking about the New Testament. These are apostles of Jesus. We're talking about believers. We have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now don't misunderstand this. Propitiation. Now this act brings about the the merciful removal of guilt through divine forgiveness for born again Christians. Now in the Greek, the Old Testament, the Greek term for propitiation was used for the sacrificial mercy seat on which the high priest placed the blood of the, of the Israelites sacrifices. You can read about that in Exodus uh, chapter 25, beginning at verse 17. Now, this particular practice in the old Testament, it indicated that God's righteous wrath had to be appeased in some way, shape or form. So today, back then, when the apostles of Jesus wrote these letters, God had sent his son and that satisfied his own wrath with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So God is not accepting no other sacrifices other than the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Y'all need to get this saints. Our sins made it necessary for Jesus to suffer for the agonies he did on the cross during his crucifixion. Now, but God demonstrated his love and justice by providing his son. That's how God showed his love for us by providing his son, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Now, saints, we are going to end today. I know I got your eyes open and we will conclude this series next week. I'm looking at all the scriptures I have written down. So I know we can conclude this little mini series with an episode two. Uh, next week, probably next Saturday instead of Sunday, I want you to remember we are in this flesh. We are in this body. This earth is cursed. We look, we have to stay prayed up every day because sin is all around us and it is very difficult if you are not completely walking in the spirit. I'm here to tell you, you may fall, but I want you to remember what the apostle John told His believers, believers in Christ, believers who believe in the son of the God of Israel. He told them in first John chapter two, okay, verse one and verse two. He says, my little children, I want to leave you with these two scriptures today. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Okay, Paul said, yeah, look, we, I don't want you to sin. You're not supposed to sin. You are supposed to be walking in holiness. You are supposed to be walking in the light. You are supposed to be walking in brotherly love. However, he says, and if anyone sins, okay. But if you do happen to sin, because you ain't perfect, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Remember I reading from the uh, New King James, Jesus Christ, the righteousness. He is our advocate with the Father, and verse two says, "And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for, for the whole world." Now here's the thing. I don't want you guys to misunderstand anything about verse two in First John chapter two. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, but if you remember John 3:16, 17 and 18 if you don't believe, you are condemned already. So this is not, forgiveness is not for those who don't believe, but this offer is offered to everyone in the entire world. So I don't know why people are playing around with religion. Don't let religion send you to hell, saints. We have an advocate with the father. Yes, we do. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Those who believe in him, because John 3, 16 says, so that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That whosoever believes in Jesus shall not perish but have everlasting life. So don't be fooled by and he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the whole world. That means that the sacrifice that Jesus made is available to those who believe. And it doesn't matter what, which ethnicity you come from. It doesn't matter what, what the color of your skin is because God made everybody the way that they are, but everybody needs to be born again. Everybody needs the savior, not a savior, because there's only one, the Bible speaks of only one. So saints, look, I hope you enjoyed this. And, um, for those of you who don't know, I, um, uh, learning Bible truth ministries is now on Amazon music and audible. All you have to do is search, type in the search engine, learning Bible truth ministries with teacher, Dr. Kamala D and we will pop up. So you can listen to learning Bible truth ministries on Amazon music today. Yes. And if you would like to contribute to, to the ministry, you can, if not, that's fine because God's word is free, but he also doesn't have a problem with you sewing into his ministers through his ministry, because this is not my ministry. This is the ministry that the Lord has entrusted me with. And believe it or not, I take it seriously. Yes, I do. So saints, if you want to sow a seed, sow a seed in good ground. That's what I say to you today. I love you. God loves you. And walk in love towards your, your fellow sisters and brothers in Christ. And if you happen to sin... I want you to remember how David repented of his sins. He confessed his sins. And then we went to 1 John. The Apostle John says that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't confess your sins on social media. You go into a quiet place so that God can take you seriously and you repent of your sins. Ask God to create in you a clean heart wash you, clean, cleanse you from your unrighteousness. If your unrighteousness is is gossip, ask God to cleanse you from that. Ask him to give you a heart full of love so that you can see humanity in everyone. Saints, okay, I know I can go on and on and on and on when talking about the Lord. So now I got to say one more thing to you. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice or you can send your seed to me via cash app dollar sign dr camilla d that's dollar sign capital d lowercase r capital c lowercase a m a l e capital d anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated now until next time saints remember that faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God, we walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.